Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Jeremiah chapter 26. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city and all the words you have heard. This is God's word. Suppose God were to pull back the clouds and talk to us. Two Sundays ago, it was Transfiguration Sunday, and we heard God speak to Peter, James, and John. And of course, Moses and Elijah and Jesus himself were there. God spoke to Peter, James, and John and said, This is my son. Listen to him. Wouldn't we long to hear that voice today? Aren't there so many things on which we would long to hear our Lord speak to us and give us clarity, direction, Because in case you haven't noticed, yes, even we, even we Christians, are fractured and divided and find that we can disagree on a whole host of things. And sadly, the world loves to capitalize on that, don't they? And drive that wedge further and further between us and separate us into camps. Based on race, gender, political persuasion. And we're not immune to it here, are we? So wouldn't it be great if God would just tell us, speak to his people, give us some direction? The problem with that becomes, if he did, would we even listen to him? Because here is the thing. God has been speaking to his church. Is it a voice from the clouds? No. Does Jesus appear and decide to do a sit-down interview with Oprah? No. Does he do a social media blitz complete with tweets and TikTok videos to get our attention? No. But God continually speaks through his word. Continually speaks through the voice of Holy Scripture. He continues to speak through those with whom he has taken his word and put it in their mouths to deliver. Note, dear brothers and sisters in Jesus, God has been speaking all along. God spoke through Jeremiah. And you saw in our Old Testament reading how that went over. They wanted to put him to death for daring to compare the people of Jerusalem 
to the old city of Shiloh. Now a little background for you. Way, way back in your Old Testament in the times of David the king. The people had gathered to worship in the city of Shiloh. It was where the tabernacle, their place of worship, was set up. And they would gather there. It's where the priests offered sacrifices and burned incense to go with the prayers that the people delivered up. It's where they were assured that God's presence was with them. But then when David became king, he moved the place of worship, the place of God's gathering, the capital, basically, of Israel, became Jerusalem. And Shiloh was a distant memory. It was no longer a place of significance. Sort of like how you Detroit Lions fans, a couple of you here, aren't there? Used to be the Portsmouth Spartans. I don't know how many of you knew that, but no one thinks of Portsmouth as much of anything today. Now they're in Detroit. Shiloh's Portsmouth. Not really on the front of anyone's mind. Forgotten. And how dare Jeremiah suggest that Jerusalem was going to go the way of Shiloh. That could never be. That was the place where God was now with his people. And yet the people don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear something spoken against them. Against their corruption. Their immorality. Their wickedness. Their worship of false gods. They don't want to hear that word. They don't want to hear that message. And so they threaten to kill the one sent to speak the word to them. See, that's the thing, dear friends in Jesus Christ, you have to understand about the word of God. Is that it is not always a comfortable word. It is a word that does break down our pride, our arrogance, our self-righteousness. And it's meant to convict us. I find that as a preacher, and I'm just giving you a little bit of inside baseball here on the mind of a pastor who preaches week in and week out. It's really hard to do, to speak the word without offending. And then you begin to wonder as a preacher, if it's not offending, are you even speaking the word rightly? Because the word of God ought to come to the places where we sit and to the camps in which we identify ourselves and splinter ourselves off into. And it ought to corrupt or convict us of our corruption. It should turn us in repentance away from our pride and self-righteousness. And if the word's not doing that, then no preacher worth his salt is doing his job. You see, Jesus speaks through preachers. He doesn't make an appearance on Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow to tell us what he's thinking. He counts on the guy in the pulpit 
to be a faithful spokesman. See what I did there, how I threaded that needle by doing a really to the right commentator and a really to the left commentator, recognizing that we're kind of all in different camps. It's kind of the point, isn't it, though? Can we even talk about how to live as God's people together without angering one another, offending one another, attacking the sensibilities of each other? It's hard. It's hard for a preacher. And nonetheless, I challenge you as a congregation to hold me to that, to speak God's word faithfully and deliver God's word to you faithfully, knowing that it will offend you along the way because we're prideful, sinful people, every one of us, preacher included. But Jesus reveals something for us in the Holy Gospel about the heart of God who speaks to the people who don't like what the prophets deliver. He says in our gospel, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, city that stones the prophets, puts to death those who are sent to it. How I long to gather you together. Our God is a God who longs, desires nothing more than to show us mercy and love and compassion. God would not offend us just for the sake of offending us. God is a loving Father who wants you to know His merciful love that is abounding and abundant and in endless supply. He wants you to know how far He will go to rescue you from your sin, even to the point of the Son being put to death upon the cross. That whole story of Jeremiah, the prophet, and the people wanting to put him to death should sound kind of familiar, shouldn't it? Because isn't that the story of the New Testament? Isn't that Jesus himself? Isn't he the prophet who doesn't come just with the, with the word of God, the one who is the word of God? And not only do they want to put him to death, they succeed in putting him to death. He suffers. He bleeds. He dies. So that you and I would not be merely those who are offended but rather those who are restored, healed, set right with the Father who loves us. I'm really mindful, dear Christians, that we are in a time where more than ever, we have to talk about how we live together. So we've been trying to do it our Sunday morning Bible study. It's a tough go because we do talk about some things that are political. 
I want to remind you this morning something I tell the Sunday morning Bible study. Politics, believe it or not, are not evil. We think they are. They're not. People are evil. People are sinful. Every one of us. Every single one of us. Politics is nothing more than the discussion of how we're going to live together. And there are politics in everything that we do, wherever more than one person is with another person, they have to make a decision together. So if you came here to church with someone today, I see Glenn and Dorothy out of the corner of my eye. I'll look at Glenn and Dorothy. Glenn and Dorothy had to decide when they were going to leave this morning. I bet Joel was involved in that decision as well. Yeah. They had to have a discussion about how they were going to go to church together this morning. That's politics. Same with Roger and Trish and getting Nora here to Acolyte, right? It has to be a decision. Who's gonna, when time are we going to pick her up? She's got to Acolyte today. We've got to make sure that happens. That's politics. Michael and Kendra, you guys have politics. You guys have only been married a short time, but you already know. There's politics in your house. Who's going to get the groceries? Who's going to pay this bill? What's your schedule look like tomorrow? We have it here in our congregation, don't we? We've agreed that we're going to meet at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. We're going to have Sunday school and Bible studies afterwards. We're going to have midweek Lenten services at 7 p.m. And you know what? This year, we're going to try to have a supper beforehand like we did two years ago. All of those things where we decide how we're going to do this stuff together, that's politics. That's the people of God Ordering their lives together. Now, I want to ask you, we know that's not what we think of when we think of politics. We think parties, we think politicians, we think narratives, we think being gaslit in a bunch of different ways. But I want to ask you, is it a good endeavor for Christians to talk together about how we ought to live in this world, in this country, in our community? And in our state, I almost think we have to. Well, in doing that, we're going to offend one another along the way. So what I want to ask is, do we have the humility, all of us, to recognize that the most important tribe to which I belong It's not the party I vote for. It's not the news channel I choose. It's not my sports team. It's not even my family. It's the people who have had the name of God placed on them in holy baptism. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's no more important people no more important identity that you have than that one. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the word of God will speak to us and it will break through pride and self-righteousness in all of us. It will wound us. It will anger us. But it is all for the end that we would be a people who know that God is merciful and compassionate 
and delights in gathering us together. God grant that we would continue to be gathered together and we would hear those words that God speaks to us through all the pride that it breaks through to turn us from our sin and when he speaks that word to hold before us the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, in whom we are washed, in whom we are redeemed. God grant this all for the sake of his son. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.